Hey, Night Owls. Welcome to the second mini episode of June. Uh, I'm Rachel. And I'm Krista. I kind of just like really enjoyed this audiobook journey because I've been trying really hard this year to read more like physical books because last mm-hmm. year I mostly, you know, listened to books so I yeah. could multitask as a human being. But uh, I've been trying really hard to read physical books. So it was kind of a nice little break <laughs> to go to back read audiobooks. To but to. I'm like, I'm like, oh no, I'm now like addicted to doing audiobooks again. Cause like for our next book, I started listening to the audiobook because I was like, well, I can multitask. That's the thing. I just want to be able to multitask and read. Okay. That's all I yeah. want in my There's life. There's definitely been multiple times. Yeah. Where like I'm, I'm like torn. I'm like, okay, do I do the dishes? But my book's so good. Or yes, like, that's the thing. I'm like, I could actually like have a clean house or I can read this weekend. Like, which do I want to pick? I'm mad because work is getting in the way. And I'm like, I guess I could just listen. But then people walk by and they want to talk to me and I go, Sir, you can't see the headphone under my hair, but I'm listening to my book. It just got really that's good. Like, that's the most irritating thing. I will literally like sit down at my work desk. So I currently share an office with my boyfriend because, you know, work from home life or pandemic. And um, I'll sit down in my office and put on my headphones and I'll start my book to like work on a project and like listen to my book in the background, right? Like get through my book. And he'll ask me a question like two minutes into playing the <laughs> headphones. In, and I'm just like, I love you very much, but please walk away right now. <laughs> yep. Which I guess is nice, though, with these little shorter ones. I don't, it's not as bad because they're like quicker. You can sneak them in. Exactly. I ended up cleaning my basement and gardening during this one. So it actually worked out pretty well. Um, so I picked an Audible original because I have Audible and I really like the free ones. I know that they include some too, though, with the Audible that's not necessarily an Audible original. Mm-hmm. They just yeah. have like free ones. It's so great. Yeah. Like mine uh, wasn't I- technically a, an original. So exactly. Again, not sponsored by Audible, just a big fan. Um, So I ended up picking The House on the Water by Margot Hunt. And this is like a very classic whodunit. Okay. I don't know how much I can really tell you without giving stuff away. So I guess at a certain point, I'll just tell you if you think you're going to listen to it, maybe stop. Um, So this story is about two best friends from college, uh, Esme and Caroline. She calls her Caro. So if I say that, that's who I'm referring to. Okay. That makes sense. I don't really love that nickname for Caroline. Like, don't get me wrong. I just don't. Um, But I get like the point that they're like trying to like add familiarity, right? Between the characters. So um, Esme and Caroline made an agreement when they were in college that every single year they would go on vacation together. And at this point, it's like 20 years later, like the story takes, takes place 20 years later. And every year they've gone on vacation, you know, like sometimes they don't um do the same type of trip like there was one year that Caroline was pregnant and so Esme and her husband came to her and they hung out at her house because she was bedridden you know Mm -hmm. but basically the point is that every single year they wanted to get together because it's really hard like maintaining adult adult friendships is hard like Krista and I haven't seen each other in what like a year and a half like like that yeah our marathon was the last time we saw each other so yeah that's like a year and a half it's it's um so kudos to these ladies they absolutely have kept it up over the years um at this point caroline is married to a man named john and esme is divorced um from david and it's her first year being divorced so esme is worried she's going to feel like a third wheel right on their like little vacations that have they've turned into like couples trips essentially the last trip that they went on, it was very clear that like Esme's relationship was falling apart. They fought a lot. Um, their interactions were just really aggressive, you know, like when you can tell things are not going well for somebody and they just like can't keep it to themselves. Like they can't even keep it together for like a trip when there are other people present, then you know there's a problem. So because Esme didn't want to feel like a third wheel, Caroline suggested that they that uh, Esme invite her brother and his new husband. So 
Esme is from a really rich family. Like her father's dying and she's going to inherit $10 million rich. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So they, they have very different, they're very different people, uh, Esme and Caroline, you know, Caroline had to get student loans. She had to work for everything she got. Um, where Esme was kind of just like handed stuff. So like Esme is kind of an entitled person as far as like the character goes, where Caroline seems a little more down to earth. Um, she, you know, married her high school sweet or college sweetheart and that kind of thing. And Esme has had much more tumultuous adulthood. I also want to throw this out real quick is that that's just taking her friend from being a third wheel to a fifth wheel at this point. I thought too, but I think the point was that like she would have other people to interact with. Okay. I just, you know, we're, I'm just like, like it's, she, it's still the odd number. Like, No, I agree. I thought that too. I was like, but I guess like, at least then it's not necessarily like one couple decided to run off and you're literally by yourself. That's like, true. Okay. You have someone else to kind of cushion. Um, also because Esme and her brother, Nick haven't had like a super good relationship Esme was like, well, that's fine. Like, it seems like a good opportunity for him and I to work on that relationship. Right. She wanted to be closer. Their father is dying actively. Um, and I guess basically they like always fight about like, she thinks that Nick is like a freeloader who like just uses his father, their father's money for, to like basically piss around with like a bunch of businesses that never like are fruitful, you know, like he's had multiple like failed ventures where Esme thinks that, you know, she's worked really hard from outside perspective though. Like you're obviously both just handed money and positions, but from, from an internal perspective, like the brother does whatever the hell he wants, like a spoiled rich kid. And Esme was like, well, at least I work for my dad, you know, mm, like I actually okay. work within the company. Like, yeah, it's still privilege, but it's a different kind than her brothers. So I get where they're coming from. Um, but Caroline kind of talks about that a little bit. It was like kind of being a point of contention really, where she's just like, well, you know, Esme is like really entitled where she like doesn't understand that like, sure she works and she put that kind of in air quotes, like, but it's, you know, it's different working for your dad than like having to like prove yourself and work your way up with like, you graduate college and become a CEO, mm -hmm. you know, like it's, not, it's, it's just not the same perspective. Um, so they go on this vacation and it seemed at this point that Caroline and John are not having like a super great marriage. Uh, their son is dealing with some like legal issues where essentially like Caroline's kind of in denial that their son has a heroin problem. And he got like, I think he ended up in jail for possession and intent to sell. So they've been dealing with like these huge legal battles. And so their, their relationship's really been on the rocks, but they're like, that's fine. Like we've had this vacation plan. Like, let's just go. Like maybe it'll be a good opportunity to kind of unwind. Um, so they get to the vacation house. And like the first thing that Caroline really notices about Esme is that Esme seems like really happy, like the happiest she's seen her in a really long time. And Caroline's like, huh? Like, I kind of feel like, like she looks like she's in love, right? And I was like, that's nice. Like she just got divorced. Like she was worried she was going to be like a sobbing mess. And here she is just like looking real good in her white pantsuit. Um, like fucking good for her. So they get there and there's, there's a little bit of an issue at first between like Esme and her brother, Nick, Nick, because like I was saying, they already have kind of an issue in their relationship where they both just like don't see each other in the way they would like to be seen. Um, and so there's some contention there. So they're like kind of kind of a bit of a, a scuffle at the beginning where like Nick and Esme start arguing and it makes everyone really uncomfortable. <laughs> but like Caroline hasn't met Nick's new husband Ford. And so she's like, well, at least like I get an opportunity to get to know him because Esme has some reservations. She thinks that Ford just married Nick for his money. She's just like, I don't know. There's just like something off. Like every time I try to ask him about his past, like he won't tell me anything. You know, it's just like kind of suspicious. Right? Couple of red flags. 
yeah exactly it's just like I mean we're family now like just tell me something about yourself like he won't even like say specifics about like where he worked like he will say that he's been a line cook but then he won't say where he worked like he just seems to come off like really guarded and I can understand why that seems suspicious um so their first night there they make dinner they drink they spend a lot of time like kind of hanging out and Esme seems like super drunk like no one is seeing her this drunk. Everyone's like kind of commenting on how drunk Esme is, but they kind of figured, you know, she's divorced. She's just kind of floating. She's doing her thing. And it's vacation, right? Like maybe she just didn't realize. And Esme is a, a diabetic. Like I think it's type one, which is the kind you get when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. I was like, I, can't, I always get those mixed up. Yeah. That's the one that, yeah, you get that's as when a you get kid. As a kid. Yeah. yeah. So she has type one diabetes. So they thought that maybe like there was an issue with her blood sugar. And so Caroline's like, oh, don't worry about it. Like I'll remind her to check her blood sugar before bed, you know, mm-hmm. like it'll be fine. So at this point, Esme is like so drunk. They're like, okay, she needs, she needs to go to bed. She seems incoherent. So her brother and Ford, so Nick and Ford walk Esme upstairs. They put her into bed. They say that like, you know, they made sure that she, she took some insulin because she did notice like, oh yeah, my blood sugar is probably off. She like checked her blood sugar. She gave herself some insulin and then she went to bed. The next morning, everybody gets up. And they're kind of putzing around the house. They're all, you know, kind of hung over. They're in their like late thirties, early forties at this point. Mm-hmm. It was, a, it was a rough night. They- it was a really rough <laughs> night. Um, Ford and Caroline spent some time like chatting. So like Ford's not really that hung over um, because he was drinking water most of the night. Like he was pretty sober. I thought that was really interesting. He was actually sober for most of it. Like everyone else is like drinking and having a, a good time. And not that he can't have a good time sober. Like, don't get me wrong. That's not yeah. what I meant. Like I meant like they were being kind of wild. Um, but yeah, so like everyone else is just kind of like laughing and chatting and like drinking quite a bit. And then like Ford and Caroline were, were fairly sober. I thought that was a really interesting like thing to note. Cause like I said, it's a whodunit. So all mm-hmm. the details matter. Yeah. Um, so the next morning they get up, everyone's kind of a little slow to get moving. They notice that Caroline's not up yet. And they're like, okay, like, that's fine. Like we'll kind of putz around this morning. Everybody's going to get some coffee, go for a walk. I think they were on a beach or something. It's a vacation. Um, and 11 12 o'clock rolls around and Esme's still not up yet so Caroline's like all right well I'm just gonna go check on her like let her know that we want to go out to this little breakfast place because everyone at this point is like okay I'm hungover to the point where like I need food in my stomach yeah (laughs) you know you need something greasy and when you're in a vacation house you've got like what maybe eggs and coffee yeah and you don't want to make your own eggs you don't not at that point like it's not it's not enough you need to go to a diner so Esme goes to get Caroline and Caroline's dead so Esme went to get Wait, Caroline. sorry. Caroline went to go get Esme. Oh my okay. God, I got that mixed up. Yeah, I, 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 I was like, you've been jumping the names no, no. for a bit and I was following, but who's it's dead? Of, no, 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 you're right. I'm sorry. Caroline went to go get Esme because she's like, oh yeah, I'll just go get her. And she's dead. Okay. Esme's like, dead. Like she's just in her bed, dead. So like this whole vacation has like taken a complete freaking twist, right? Yeah. And so they called the police because that's what you do when someone shows up dead that's and they're assuming- I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. Not everybody does. That's what you're supposed to do. But I get why people panic because I can imagine myself panicking depending on the scenario. Anyways, so the police come and this little like cute vacation is just turned into this like big suspicious activity, right? So the police come, they ask questions, they take some whatever samples from the bedroom and they take the body and everyone else on this vacation was just basically told like stick around. 
because they were thinking like, oh, we should just go home. And the police were like, no, no, you shouldn't go home. You don't so get to do that. everyone else that's remaining in the house, the two couples are suspicious of each, of each other. Like, why wouldn't you be? Um, because the police kind of alluded to like, maybe something foul happened. Because at first when everybody was, you know, waiting for the police to come and doing their initial interviews with the police, they were like, oh, well, she's a diabetic. She drank a lot last night. She probably just gave herself too much insulin. Wasn't paying attention, like something like that. Or, you know, like worst case scenario, it wasn't even that, but like an aneurysm, you know, they, they are in their forties. Like it's not unheard of. Um, so everyone kind of thinks that at first, but then the police, when they tell them not to leave town and they tell them that they have, you know, some, some additional questions to be asking in the next couple of days, depending on like the coroner's report, everyone starts getting kind of suspicious of each other. So you kind of see like kind of camps start to form, but obviously it's just basically between the relationships, right? Yeah. Where, like Caroline and John are like, it was definitely them. And like Nick and Ford are like, it's definitely them. But like Caroline and Ford have a pretty good report. It seems like, even though they haven't met each other before, like she feels like he's being honest about like what's going on um you get to know a lot of information kind of about like why they think each person might have their own motive um because the police do come back they do some more thorough interviews they're very selective in how like the order in which they interview people and while they're doing i don't want to give any details but i'll give you generals about what happens um that like so while they're doing interviews like things kind of come to light right so like the police had originally taken everybody's cell phones when they had first come to the house to get the body because they wanted to you know check for anything suspicious make sure nothing went awry this is pretty pretty typical yeah someone's dead police police work right and so they kind of figured like nothing was going to come up but when they start doing these interviews they start interviewing them in an order in which like the person being interviewed is being revealed some information that's pretty shocking while the other three are left to kind of like find out about it amongst themselves oh yeah because like they'll be like because they they interview them like in the house like in the rental house so like while one person is being interviewed in like another room everyone else can see them so the other three while one person is being interviewed are like oh my god do you know what he might be upset about right now and so one of the other three will be like oh yeah i know or like, oh yeah, I know. So like you kind of get filled in some information from some of these other characters. Um, basically like the gist of it is that you find out that like uh, Ford may have had like kind of some suspicious activity in his past that would make people think that like, oh, well maybe he is in this for the money. Cause like I said, Esme had some concerns. So some things come to light about his past that he has to come clean about um there's a lot more like interpersonal relationship dynamics that are going on in this book that like honestly I was able to predict a lot of it I'm not gonna lie like I I did like I knew I didn't know who killed I didn't I didn't know who the murderer was I was shocked at the end actually okay um I really I truly was shocked I was like oh my god I really didn't see that coming like it was a possibility but I just really didn't think that was going to be what happened yeah I mean well if it's like one of three like you got like a 33 percent well I guess technically it could be a stranger so it one in four. There are some options. I mean, obviously they talk about some evidence and they talk about, you know, some potential options here that I don't really want to get into because it's only a three hour book. So I would give away everything. Um, but yeah, essentially that that's what it kind of boils down to is they're just like, well, who did it? Who would have motive to do it? And everyone sort of kind of has a reason that maybe they would want to do that. Um, like I said, a lot of it, I, I kind of was like within the first hour, I was like, I told my boyfriend, I was like, I'm pretty sure this is who did it. <laughs> and then at the end, I was like, I was wrong. Like, I was right about some of the stuff that kind of went down, like, between A and Z, but I was not right about, like, the end point. Like, it was truly a twist that I didn't see coming. Um, That's always fun. 
yeah, I thought that was a really good ride. I thought that was interesting. I think for a three hour book, they did a really good job of like laying out a timeline, you know, how sometimes with three hour books, it feels like you get background and then you get the end where like yeah. there's a lot of detail missing. Um, so I really enjoyed that about this particular book. Maybe this person has a lot of Audible originals. I'm going to have to check. Maybe this, this author is very good at those short, short stories. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think star-wise, though, I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it a four out of five because there were a lot of predictable plot lines, but in the end, I did not expect that. Yeah, you're still shocked, which is always nice because yeah, even, even if you can predict some things, I feel like... If you can't actually figure out who the killer is, it's like, oh wow, okay. So I mean I was I was pretty convinced I knew who it was and then it didn't turn out to be that. So Okay. I might have to give this one a listen. I I I'm enjoyed I enjoyed my last little short one. So like it'd be nice to do another little short one. They're really great when you just have like a single activity that you want to do that takes like a little more time than you want to really invest in it, but you want to just like do the thing. Like I said, like organizing my basement, weeding the garden, like things like that. I love Audible Originals for because it's just like the perfect amount of time for me to like not do too much, but like get something accomplished while I'm mindlessly weeding. Well, awesome. And I was right. I knew your, I knew your short was going to have murder in it. There's always a murder. Yeah, I was, I know you so well um socials isn't it past your bedtime on instagram twitter is iipyb underscore pod uh you can check out our website at isn't it past your bedtime.com see what's in the archive what we've talked about in the past and what's coming up next and emails if you have lots of thoughts isn't it past your bedtime at gmail rate review subscribe tell your friends tell your family tell your coworkers. tell the person you're planning on murdering Maybe they'll tell somebody before you do it. I don't know. Yeah. It could happen. Um, but yeah, we'll talk it all of y'all probably here in a little short bit because if this is a Thursday and the next one's on a Monday sometime, I don't know. Like in a we'll couple days. Soon. We'll talk at you whenever we talk at you. Bye, everyone. Bye.